0: Welcome to the Exchange Church Podcast. You can find us on Facebook as well as Twitter and Instagram at Exchange Houston. The following message is from our lead pastor, Jared Brooks. Uh, Thank you guys really for your prayers and and all the messages and texts. I'll tell you what's happening because after I reread my post, you know, I was a little vague maybe, but uh, I went to the doctor um, and I just haven't been feeling right for a while. And I uh, went to the doctor, uh, I, I get out of breath really easy all the time, I'll just be sitting in my corner, watching TV and I get out of breath. So I went to the doctor, did all these tests and uh, everything came back pretty well, uh, I'm not diabetic, things like that. but. Um, a lot of my cholesterol and triglyceride, my triglyceride supposed to be like 150, is like 128. So uh, some of those were off the chart. And he said that my numbers, as he reads them, scream heart disease and things like that. And he said, so that's what he's really concerned about. I'm going tomorrow to get a, a um, what do they call it, echocardiogram and a chest x-ray, stuff like that. So... Needless to say, I changed my diet Thursday. I have lost nine pounds since Thursday. So apparently I needed to change my diet. I don't know, whatever. But uh, now you are like, see all those times you preach on going on a diet, you should actually stick to it. I know. I know but it, this is not about me today. It's about you. It's about you today and what you need from the... longest no, I'm just playing. So anyway, I'm glad you guys are here. Hey, listen, if you haven't checked in on Facebook, today is the last day to check in for April. Now, April, I've already mentioned this, but April, every two check-ins. Now, listen to this. Every two check-ins purchase one year of vitamins for a child. Okay? That's huge. This is one of the biggest. uh, They had someone that matched uh, funds or did something. I don't know. There's a little story about how they're able to do this. It's incredible, and we need to take advantage of that just because we can, we can touch so many children's lives uh, doing that. So check-in, every two check-ins, uh, we'll, we'll give vitamins for a child for one year. Next month, next month uh, we start, and it's going to be every two check-ins, we'll provide a meal for a single mother and her child. Um, and so that's going to be awesome next month. So go ahead and check-in if you haven't already. You can type the word welcome. If you're new, uh, you can type the word loop. Uh, text it in to 832 772 7375. And they'll put that number up there if you haven't, uh, if you want to get in the loop and get involved with some of the things going on. So, we just wrapped up a series called Manifested Expectation, okay? We have big expectations. So, now uh, I've just been praying and seeking the Lord on on where He's wanting us to go. And I've been reading a book. It's my second time to read this particular book. But as I started reading it a few weeks ago, it's almost as if I've never read it before. Because, in fact, I'm wondering when I read it the first time, where I was at, what my state of mind was, because I feel like it's just now all hitting me. And uh, so we're going to do a series starting today based off the book by Robert Morris called The Blessed Life. Have any of you ever read that book? All right, me and PK. So... (laughs) Uh, Good. Listen, if you are kind of a reader or you would like to be a reader, you don't know uh, what kind of books you should read, um, go on uh, Amazon, buy this book, Robert Morris, The Blessed Life, and uh, man, it will unleash things in your life that are just unbelievable so the next few weeks the next uh, five or so weeks we're going to be sharing uh this series called the blessed life so we want you to catch this the blessed life is not just about giving so don't everybody say well i know not to come the next five weeks um but it's about unleashing uh god's potential in your life Uh, how many of you want to live a life unhindered Not all of us, okay, so, but those of you who want to be unhindered, okay, some of us like chains, some of us like shackles, some of us like to be bound up and and held back and hindered. That's fine if that's your ammo, but listen, I want to live life unhindered, and the things that are going on right here with me physically aren't going to stop me. As long as I'm breathing, I'm preaching. As long as I'm breathing, I've got to share because God's put a mandate on my life. So I want my life to be unhindered, and it's got to represent that. Part of being unhindered is living the blessed life, okay? So a lot of people believe that uh, Christians, pastors should live in, in poverty, that, that we're poor people, that, uh, you know, there's, I'm telling you, it's just the opposite. God has so much that he wants to funnel to you and through you, if we just allow him to do that. So if you want to read the book, it's called The Blessed Life, Robert Morris. Uh, Today we're going to start uh, this series off with a message called, It's All About the Heart. How appropriate. It's all about the heart. I started working on this message before I found out I could have some heart issues. So it's not connected. Um, But stand with me, if you will. And we're going to start in Matthew chapter number 7. Matthew chapter number 7. The Bible says, judge not. Everybody say, "Judge judge not. Let that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Father, I pray right now for your Holy Spirit to come in and and, and open our ears to hear this, God, our hearts to receive it, Lord, that, that we walk out of this place and we begin to step in to exactly what you have for us, and that is a blessed life, God. Lord, and I pray right now for every person that's, that's here this morning, I pray for every person that listens to this podcast, Lord, that you just be, begin to unleash the blessed life in them, and I thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, amen. 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 You may be seated this morning. Now, this, this verse that I just read, it's a part of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is addressing an issue with the heart, okay? He's talking about a heart issue. That's what he's trying to get across. Judgments come from the heart, so he's addressing the attitudes. He says, I want you, I want you to get this that everything that I'm talking about right now all stems from an issue of the heart, okay? So we're gonna memorize. These two verses, I want you to commit to memory the first verse and the last verse. Uh, And we're going to look over in the book of Luke and we're going to realize that they're same two verses, but we have to see these verses in context, what he's talking about. So everybody repeat after me. Judge not not. and you will not be judged. Now repeat after me. With With the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Okay, so if you have your Bible, you can flip over to Luke chapter 6, verse number 37. Verse number 37 starts with, judge not, and you will not be judged. The very last verse of verse number 38 says, for with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, aren't these the exact same two verses? I mean, these are identical verses, but Luke put something in between that Matthew didn't put. And that's what I want us to get this morning. Luke says in verse number 37, he says, Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you good measure, Pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Giving is a heart issue. You don't have to say amen. You, You can nod your head if you want, but let me tell you something giving is a heart issue. Here's what it says whenever you're going to give, you're going to get more back. Press down. Shaken together, running over. Right? That's what we just read. You can nod because it's okay. We just saw that when we give, we're going to get back good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. These are farming terms that the Jewish people really understood. They got this. There were two types of people that would glean when it was harvest season. Okay? There were the, the farmers that would glean, and, and they would glean from the middle of the fields their team, their workers, and then the poor people would glean the corners of the fields. And uh, God told them, he said, I want you to, as you harvest, I want you to leave the corners, the outside edges, leave that for the poor people. So that's what they did. So you have to think about how they were filling their baskets. Um, There's a pretty cool study on this, that typically the workers that work the land, that work the land all the time, uh, you could call it slackers. You could call it working smarter, not harder. That's what I like to call it. Uh, how many of you do that? That's my my favorite thing is I I watch guys working just three times as hard, and I'm like, dude, smarter, not harder. Okay, let's think about this. There's an easier way to get that done. That's my philosophy. I'm almost 40 years old, so I'm gonna I'm gonna choose the easier, funner route. Okay. Um, so the the workers that are gleaning this field will put into their sack, and they'll fill their bags up about half full, okay? These bags get really heavy. They'll take them over, dump them in the cart, go fill them up half full, go dump it in the cart, fill it up half full, dump it in the cart. The poor people who are gleaning on the outside edges would take their bag, and they would fill it up good measure, press down, shake it a little bit, get everything in there, and then continue to fill it till it's running over. Because it was all that they were going to get. This is what God is saying to us. Whenever you give, you have to understand you're going to get more back. Okay? When you plant an apple seed, you don't get an apple seed back. Yeah. right? When you plant an apple seed, you get a tree. Yeah. And that tree has what? A lot of apples. And each apple has a lot of seeds. And it's the same concept. When you give... A lot more is going to be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will it be given into your lap. Jesus is trying to say, you need to understand, when you give, you're going to get more back. But I want you to see the context that he's talking about here today. He's literally talking about judging, condemning, and forgiving people. Okay? That's what he says. So here's what he's saying. If you give judgment... Judgment is going to be given back to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will men judge you. You give condemnation, you will get condemnation back, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will men condemn you. But when you love... When you forgive, when you give hope and compassion to people, you will receive those things back. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will men love you? Will men forgive you? Will men give compassion back to you? So this is what he's saying. It is a matter of the heart. I want you to notice the root word to uh, forgive is give. So we're going to talk about the key to forgiveness. The root word is forgive. Uh, the root word is give, and by that, it means that you are for giving, yeah. okay? That you're not against it. So listen, to the word, the word forgiveness means that you are in favor of giving. So let me say it another way. If you're not in favor of giving, you have a difficulty forgiving, okay? Think about that. Tweet, tweet that. Tweet the hashtag favor of forgiving. Whatever. I was trying to think how that hashtag whatever they do. I feel like I'm throwing up gang signs now. <laughs> if you have a problem with forgiving people, you have a, you actually have a problem with giving. You have to be gracious to forgive. If you're not forgiving, then you're not forgiving. You have to be gracious to give. You have to be generous to give. So Jesus is talking about this is a heart issue. That's what this is. It all comes back to the heart. Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse number 7. It says, If among you one of your brothers should become poor in any of your towns within your land that the Lord your God has given you. That who? The The Lord your God has given you. It says this. You shall not harden your heart or shut your hand against your poor brother, but you shall open your hand to him and lend him sufficient for his needs, whatever it may be. Okay? So how do I get to a place where I'm a generous giver? God is a generous giver. Amen? You believe that. God is a really, really generous giver. He gave his son. Come on, that's enough right there. But he's done a lot more than than just that. But God is a generous giver. So how do I become a generous giver? There are four things I want to talk to you about. Number one, (coughs) excuse me, is you have to deal with a selfish heart. Deal with a selfish heart. Some of you just kind of pulled your feet back. I know, you know, you think you know where I'm going. We just read verse 7 and 8 in Deuteronomy. But I want to look at verse number 9. It says, take care lest there be any unworthy. Okay, The King James Version says, take care lest there be any wicked thoughts in your heart. And you say, the seventh year, the year of release is near. And you, your eyes look grudgingly on your poor brother. And you give him nothing. And he cried to the Lord against you. And you be guilty of sin. Listen to me. Selfishness produces sin. Okay, don't let a wicked thought come into your mind. Let me explain to you what's happening here. God Im- implemented this economic system that I think should be implemented again today. That every seven years, all debts were canceled. Come on. And wouldn't you like that implemented today? That every seven years, all your debts are canceled? That would be amazing, wouldn't it? What this verse is saying is don't let someone come to you and say, hey, listen, Lisa, what happened was my crops, they didn't do as good this year, and I'm a little short on finances. Could I borrow some money? And you say, you think, well, it's the seventh year. We're in the sixth month. We got six months left, and then all debts are canceled. If she can't pay me back all her debt in six months, she's going to get out of this. That wicked thought comes to your mind, and you begin to realize, I can't give her, she don't have six months to pay this back. I'll never get my money back, so I'm going to give her and not get anything in return. Jesus is saying, don't let the wicked thought even come into your mind, because once it comes into your mind, it travels down into your heart, and it becomes a heart issue. He's saying, don't even think about that. Don't even let that happen. Here's what God's saying. That's a wicked thought, and stay away from those wicked thoughts. He's saying, I want you to do like I did. I want you to give generously. I want you to be like I did and give and not expect anything in return. Because Jesus gave. God gave, and not once does he expect anything in return. He just generously gave. So why did God invent giving in the first place? OK, God came up with uh, the devil didn't come up with giving. OK, the devil came up with stealing, taking, not giving, not returning, killing, all that kind of stuff. So you've got to realize that God invented giving for you as a blessing to you. Don't don't think for a second the heavens going to shut down when you stop giving. OK, God doesn't need you to function. He just needs you to get through other people. He wants you to be a blessing, a conduit, so that he can flow through you and be a blessing to you. But if you don't give, he's okay. You're only affecting you. So let me first say this, that God wants to use you as a blessing. It's a blessing for us to give. You want to know why? Because giving deals with selfishness and greed. Mm, the upper room. That's a, that's a powerful word right there. Okay, giving deals straight with selfishness and greed in our lives. And you're never going to be happy if you're a selfish, greedy person. You know any? Don't point. Just nod your head. You know any selfish, greedy people? Okay, they're not happy people. The most joyful, happy people in life are people who know how to give, who love giving. Okay, And, and giving is a biblical concept. It's a biblical concept. It's a principle that that Jesus has taught that's not just for believers, it's for everybody. And I say this all the time, especially when it comes to giving of our finances. That's why there are people in the world who have no relationship with Jesus Christ, but they are so blessed because they give. They sow, okay? And that Bible says, whatever you give, it's gonna come back to you pressed down, shaken together and running over. Not if you're a believer. It just says period, period. So, a lot of people really misunderstand this. So, then what happens is preachers start preaching on Luke chapter 6, verse 38. And they start preaching, listen, if you give, you're going to get. Hallelujah. If you give, you're going to get. How many of you want to get? How many of you want to be getters this morning? And we start going, whoa, I want to get, so I'm going to give. And we start doing that. And God's up there and he's going, wow, I'm so proud of my people. They're catching the revelation of getting. Yeah. Listen, you were born getters, but you were born again givers. There's a big difference there, okay? So the revelation we need to catch is not that we get to get and get and get and get, but we get to give. When we're born again, there's something new that happens on the inside of us. There's a a renewing of our mind that Romans talks about, and we become givers. Givers. We have to renew our mind Think about this. One of the hardest things we have to teach our children is to share. None of you got me and Kevin, the only ones got kids that got sharing problems. I know some of your kids. Okay. I know they don't all share. Good Lord. Let's just be honest for a second. Right. We have to teach We have to teach men how to share. Men don't share food. Get your own food. Right. So number one, deal with a selfish heart. Number two, deal with a grieving heart. Isn't it shocking that God uses the word grief when he's talking about money? I can see God using the word grief when he's talking about relationships. But he's talking about money here and he uses the word grief. Did you know people actually grieve over money? They grieve over money. I'm fixing to step on some toes. Now. I'm not trying to. But I, let me just tell you, Deuteronomy 15.10 says, You shall surely give to him, and your heart should not be grieved when you give to him. Because for this thing, and this thing is referring to giving with the right heart. God's talking about giving with the heart, right heart. He says, Because for this thing, the Lord your God will bless you in all. Everybody say all. all. In all your works and in all. Everybody say all. all. And in all which you put your hand to. Everything you do, everything you put your hand to, God will bless you if you have a a giving heart. God's saying, look, if you will change your heart, if you give with the right attitude and you give with the right mindset, listen, I'm going to bless everything that you touch, everything you put your hand to. That's an awesome blessing. That's a part of the blessing I want to be. That's the blessed life that I want. I want everything. Have you ever, you've known people like that, that everything they touch seems to turn to gold? That they just keep getting, being blessed and blessed and blessed. And, and th- this is what God's talking about. He's saying, listen, if I could get you to change your mindset, everything you touch, I will bless your finances, your family, your marriage, your health. I will bless everything that I can get a hold of. If you will just change your heart, give with the right attitude. I think that there's a string. I've heard this a lot said by preachers. There's a string attached from the heart to the wallet. And every time we reach, I pulls that. You know what I'm saying? Ah! And so, uh-huh. <laughs> Selfishness attacks us before we give. Grief attacks us after. Yeah. Have you ever, has God ever told you to give a large amount or make a big commitment? And you make that commitment, and you're like, you know what? God's telling me to do something. And so you make that commitment, and then you go home, and you're like, don't laugh. Y'all know, you know what I'm talking about. You, you do something big. And as soon as you do something big, something just steps in and you go, and the devil starts saying, you shouldn't have listened. I told you, or something breaks in your house. You come to church and, and you just got paid and you're in a good mood because a lot of our giving is based on our mood. You come to church and you're in a good mood. And so, man, you're like, you know what? I'm not. I'm giving today. I got this in my wallet and I'm just going to give and you put $20 or $30 or $40 and, or you actually tie the 10th. You put it in the offering and you walk out and you're like, man, praise God. You get home and your refrigerator's out and you're like, serious? And now your food is spoiling and your refrigerator's gone. Anybody? That ever happened to you? As soon as you give and you do something great because the enemy wants to steal that, 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 that giving attitude, that heart, of of giving from you because if he can rob you of that then he can stop you from continuing to do that because if you continue to do that you just won't be blessed everybody's going to be blessed everybody's going to be blessed so for example does anybody have $100 in their wallet? how many of you carry around $100? Jonathan's like that's the funniest illustration ever (laughs) who actually has $100 in their wallet? anybody have $100? you have $100? can I borrow it? Figures, figures, you have a can I borrow it? That's two hundred dollars. Two hundred dollars right there that I was able to receive. If I keep this up, we'll be able to buy a building. Okay? anybody else have hundred dollars they want to give? Listen, the reason it's so easy for them to give is because I gave them the money before church started. Right? So both of them jumped up and they gave it to me. And neither one of them right now are grieving because it wasn't their money in the first place. We grieve because we think it belongs to us in the first place. So we make a commitment. We give an offering. And then all of a sudden we feel bad because we think, look at what we just lost. We didn't lose anything when you understand that nothing you have belongs to you. It belongs to God. And Chris has no problem giving me $100 that's my $100. (laughs) Right? Brian has no problem giving me $100 if it's my $100. But it's when we give, and and then after we give, we start to grieve over that because we felt like, now what do I have? Let me tell you something. There are two kinds of people in the church. There's tithers and (laughs) non-tithers. You're all agreeing with me right now. You're like, yeah, true, okay. If you talk to a tither, tithers always say things like this. I'm blessed. God blesses me. I'm blessed, right? Right? How many of you you don't have to raise your hand? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. But think about it in your mind. Are you a tither? I'm I'm talking about you a faithful tither. When you talk to faithful tithers, faithful tithers will always tell you they're blessed. When you talk to non-tithers, you know what they always tell you? I can't afford to tithe. I'm not knocking on it. I'm just saying that that's the difference. That's the difference. Tithers always feel blessed, always feel like God is always protecting them, God is always watching after them. Non tithers always feel like I I want to, I would, I would tithe, Pastor Jay. You don't understand. I really want to tithe. I just can't afford it right now. Right? I understand. I understand that. I have made it through this year. I have made it through the we haven't even made it through this year. But we have survived to where we're at right now because we give. Amen. We've given. We last year, we gave two times more than we did the year before that. And you know why? Is because we needed two times more the money than we did the year before. We were trying to open up a new daycare. And so we needed God to do something. So we just started believing, okay, so we're going to give more. We got to give more because I believe that when I give, he gives back good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Running over. I believe that. I believe that. And, And you could look at my finances right now, and you would realize when you look at my finances that God is a priority in my life. When you look at my checkbook, you would realize that God and my house cleaner are priorities in my life. (laughs) I was looking at my checkbook for this illustration this morning, and I was flipping through, and I was like, God, you are, and Soraya, my cleaner, (laughs) my house cleaner, they're priorities in my life. (laughs) Y'all got me off track. Stop that. Let me tell you something. It's a joy when you understand that God is your source. The government is not your source. Wall Street's not your source. If you're trusting the government or Wall Street, you're in a lot of trouble. Okay? The first two points we talked about dealing with, but now I want to talk about developing. So number three, develop a generous heart. Okay? Deuteronomy chapter 15, starting with verse 14. He says, you shall supply him liberally from your flocks, from your threshing floor, and from your wine press, from what the Lord has blessed you with. Notice who that came from. From what, who? The Lord Lord has blessed you with. You shall give him. Now go back to Luke chapter 6. What we just said, Jesus reiterates this in Luke chapter 6 a while ago. We read verses 37 and 38 about him dealing with the heart and giving generously. But now I want to back up a few verses. Luke chapter 6, go back to verse number 30. He says, Give to everyone who begs from you and from everyone who takes away your goods. Do not demand them back. And as for those But love your enemies, and do good, and lend, expecting nothing in return. That sounds like a heart issue. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for He is a kind is kind to the ungrateful and to the evil. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. Listen, it says He is kind to the ungrateful. And the evil. I want to remind you that that is a description of you. That's a description of me. Well, I'm not an unthankful person. You were. You were. You were an unthankful person. We were all that way. The Bible says that while we were yet in our sin, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for us to be thankful that he sent his son before he sent his son. He sent his son, and now we are thankful that he sent his son. Okay? Okay? So we were a selfish, evil people. God's saying, I'm generous. I saved you. You're my kids. I expect you, in return, to be generous. So we keep talking about sharing and and giving and what it means to give. I deal with that in my house all the time with my kids. I'm always telling them to share. Right? I'm always telling my kids to share. Hey, share that. Give that. Give that, let him play with it for a minute. But I had it first, I had it first. You know what I say all the time at my house? And this is with toys. And they'll be fighting over a toy and I'm like, we give it to him, let him play with it for a minute. No, I want it. And I always tell Peyton, I always say, look, give it to him and I'm gonna get you one. I'm gonna get you another one. You know what? Because that's my, the father's heart. The father's heart is not to just give you what you need, but to give you what you want. The father's heart is to bless. My, the father's heart in my house, my heart, is that both of my kids have what they want. If they both want one, I want them both to have one. Yeah. I'm not trying to withhold anything from my kids, but I'm teaching them constantly. Now, let him play with it. And, and, and they got, they've gotten pretty good at this, especially in my truck. They'll give it, and they'll play with it for a few minutes, and then they'll say, Dad, is it time? Yep, it's time. Switch, and they'll give it, and they'll just hand it right over to the other one. Parker has this little thing. You push the, the trigger, and this little spinny thing just flies up, and, they, and it's still in my truck. And I keep meaning to throw it away, but I forget. <laughs> but that's not the father's heart. Lord, I apologize. Be the starving me down there, Nicky. And, and so the father's heart is to give. And so now they've gotten into this place where they'll say, is it time yet? Okay, now switch. Parker will hand it over to Peyton. She'll play with it, you know, and play with it. Parker will go, Daddy, is it time? Hang on, Daddy, is it time? Okay, it's time. And Peyton will give it back. And I'm just trying to teach them that that it's beautiful when we learn to share, when we learn to give. That's the Father's heart. And we have to make sure that that's known. That'll, That'll preach, you know. Number four, develop a grateful heart. I'm getting ready to close with this. Develop a grateful heart. Deuteronomy 15, verse 15. It says, now, I really want you to catch this, okay? Catch this. You shall remember, everybody say remember, that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. In other words, you didn't have squat, okay? You didn't have anything. And the Lord your God redeemed you. Therefore, I command you this thing. Wow, that's powerful, he says, I command you. Notice the word command. He is ordering them to be generous. He's ordering to be generous on the basis that you need to remember where you came from. Right? You need to remember where you came from. God saying, I brought you out of a place where you were a slave. You didn't have anything. You didn't own anything. You didn't have possessions. You didn't have prosperity. I brought you out of that place. I gave you a land. I gave you everything you could dream of. I made you prosperous. I made your land prosperous. So I want you to remember and I command you to do that thing. Do that thing that I did. Do your thing, girl. That's what I'm saying. That's what God's saying is I'm telling you, do that thing. I gave to you. I was generous when you didn't have anything, and I gave. That's the heart, having a grateful heart. Do you understand that gratitude produces generosity? Gratitude produces generosity. When you understand that you didn't have anything, that you were lost, you were on your way to hell, no love, no joy, no peace, no kindness, angry, insecure, fearful, in bondage, he comes in and he says, I want you to give because I want you to remember that there was a point where you had nothing. I came in and I redeemed you. In the middle of that nothing, I picked you and I picked you up and I blessed you. I gave you a spouse. I gave you your kids. I gave you your parents. I gave you that job. When you had nothing, I gave this to you. And he's saying, if you allow me to do a work in your heart, allow me to change with the heart, it's going to deal with your selfishness. And it's your grief. And you're going to develop a generosity. And you're going to develop a gratitude. And here's the promise. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. It's not a motive for giving, but it's the reward for giving. The motive for giving is not to be getters. But it's the reward because he's a good father. He's a good father. Then when he makes a promise to us, he fulfills that promise. He fulfills that promise no matter what. I was thinking about us as a church. And, and Shelly and I have been talking about this for a few weeks. I asked her, and uh, our son has strip throat this morning because I was going to have her share a little bit. But I asked her a few weeks ago, I said, I want you to pray about your blessed life journey. In this book, the blessed life, he talks about the blessed life journey, and I have a blessed life journey, meaning that that there are things that I do. If you're ever if you ever ride around with me or whatever, one of the things you'll probably notice is that if I see somebody homeless, if I can find something to give them, I'm going to give it to them. I don't ask myself, I wonder what he's going to do with this money?" I don't do that. I just give. And that's part of my blessed life journey is I just want, if I have an opportunity, whenever I see somebody that I know is in need, I want to give. So I told Shelly, I said, I want, I want you, babe, to pray, and I want you to start a blessed life journey. Whatever that means, I want you to start that. And she said, okay. So, and, and what that means is just being obedient to God. Whenever, whenever you're somewhere that you're just listening to the Holy Spirit, and if the Holy Spirit speaks to you, you just go for it. She texts me, and she goes, babe, I did it. I did it. What'd you do? I was at Chili's and I was eating, and there were eight cops that came in and they were eating. She said, and I paid for their meal and I left and I didn't tell them. And I was like, Yes, babe, that's what I'm talking about. That's the blessed life journey. Let's just give. Let's just bless people and don't even tell about them. Some of you want to know when Shelly goes to Chili's now. I see, y'all are like, We need to see it when she goes. But what, what I'm saying is that there is a promise, and I want my family to catch it. I want my wife to catch it. I want my kids to catch it. That there's a promise that when we bless, that we become blessed. That we're blessed to be a blessing. I believe that. When it comes to the church though, man, it becomes hard. It becomes hard when you start talking about giving. I don't know who in this room gives. I haven't seen a giving statement. Uh, what anybody's I could not tell you an amount that anyone in this room gives except for me I I haven't seen a giving statement in six months, eight months probably so I don't know who gives but when I see an offering come in and there were 150 people here and the offering is $700 and two years ago we used to have 40 people and the offering was always $2,000 it makes me go you know what Some people aren't giving. They're not, they don't understand what giving is and how it releases them. How it releases us to be so much more and so great. And I started thinking, you know what? It doesn't grieve my heart that we don't have enough money to make it because every single month, Brian, we somehow make it, right? Every single month, somehow, we're making it all the time. So that's not it what grieves my heart is that there are people in this building that aren't living the blessed life the blessed life and I'm not talking about well I'm happy I'm talking about having everything that God wants to give to you that God wants to get to you that God wants to give through you there are people who need you there are people who who need your friendship that need your ear and so this whole thing is—it's an issue of the heart. It's a matter of the heart, and sometimes we just have to examine our heart and go, you know what? Why do I give? I've really struggled with the last year or so teaching on on tithing and, and how I want to approach tithing because I don't believe that because you don't tithe that your your tires are going to blow out and your car is going to blow up all that stuff. I don't believe tithing tithing was old covenant. It was old law. Listen, tithing was a principle that was established for us. Thou shalt not murder is law too. We're not under the law anymore, but we still don't murder because it's a principle that was put into place that we shouldn't murder, right? Tithing, giving to the Lord was a principle that was put into place. And God is saying, listen, when you understand what giving is, and this is not just tithes this morning. I'm talking about your attitude, your relationships, the way you treat people, the way you talk to people, the way you respond to people. Whatever that is that you give, just remember, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, it's coming back to you. So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes this morning. And I want you to, I want you to ask yourself, examine yourself right now, and ask yourself, this question what's God saying to me what's God trying to say to me this morning and and through me this morning what is he trying to establish get at how does God want to use you Father, I pray right now. God over this church, over our people, God. Lord, this is always it's the hardest thing in the world to talk about God. I I, I have dreaded so many times any any time that I have to stand up on a Sunday morning and 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 talk about finances, but, but God, I I grabbed hold of a revelation of what the blessed life looks like, God. What the blessed life is meant to be for me and for my family, God. And, and as I grab hold of that, I just wonder, why would nobody, why, why wouldn't everybody want this? So, God, I pray that you, you unleash this revelation this morning to every one of us, God. What it truly means to live the blessed life. God that this is a, a heart issue and we have to confront that heart issue God we have to deal with that heart issue we have to deal with a grieving heart Father we have to deal with a selfish heart Jesus God I pray that, that this morning we develop and as we walk out of this place we go eat or we go home wherever we go Lord that we, we continue to grow and develop these hearts of generosity This heart of gratitude, God. Going, you know what? I was lost. I was a sinner. And God came and he gave me a promise for eternal life. The finished work that he did on the cross gave me so much hope. So much hope. I want to give that back. I want to give hope back and love back. Compassion back. Forgiveness back. We thank you for that God. We thank you for that God. Come on right there where you're at. we you just will you just thank Him. We just tell him how great He is in your own way. We just tell him how much you love him, how much you appreciate what he's done. Come on, develop a, a gracious heart, a heart of gratitude. Come on, thank him, tell him, God, you're so great. Thank him. Thank him for the job that you have. Thank him for the, the family that you have, the house that you have. Thank him for the car that you drive. Just tell him, God, man, thank you. I didn't deserve it. I don't deserve it all, God. But you continue to give and you continue to bless. Thank you for that, Jesus. Thank you for that, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to the Exchange Church podcast. Follow us on our social media platforms Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for The Exchange Church Houston. If you would like to give to The Exchange Church, you can go to our website at IAMTheExchange.com and look for the red button in the top right corner labeled Give Online.